Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 263. Yeah. An update episode. That's right. We love our update episodes because it's our chance to kind of share with you uh, what's going it's on our in our lives. To shine. Yeah, we get to share what's going on in our lives with uh, reselling, do some reselling news, some things happening in the reselling world, uh, talk about some bolos, and then uh, talk about things we're looking forward to. So, uh, yeah, how are things going, man? Uh, it's a uh, crazy busy. So I uh, might could tell you uh, my house is looking like a hoarder house, uh, to a certain point. Maybe. I mean, it, it's not there, but I, I don't like it. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know, the studios in, on my property, but I can like, even from where I'm at, I can see inventory. So it's kind of, it's kind of bothering me. Now, part of that is if you caught our YouTube, if you check it out, you'll see the link up here that hopefully Mike puts up there. Uh, uh, my latest YouTube drop. I had a major uh, Hot Wheels Disney haul. Uh, learned a ton, and uh, yeah, that that didn't set me back. But I've been buying like crazy, and and the reason I've been buying like crazy is my strategy is I'm not really gonna do much sourcing for eBay for like the last two months of the year. Like my goal is to have so much inventory that. I don't have to spend that time. I can either drop stuff off to my helper or in the moments of, you know, quiet <laughs> during uh, peak Amazon, you know, Q4 season, I can just list stuff that I already have. Yeah. You kind of shift from eBay selling over to Amazon, which is kind of nice because um, that lowers my competition a little bit at garage sales. There's not definitely as many garage sales uh, as you start moving into the holiday season, colder times, even here in San Diego, where we have good weather, you know, garage sales start to slow down in the wintertime. Uh, but you know, a little bit less competition, not just from you, but I mean, a lot of resellers are doing that move. They're moving over to, uh, to Amazon. So if you're not an Amazon seller, so if you're like me, you're not an Amazon seller, this is still not a bad time of the year for you because even though there's a dip in potentially some sourcing opportunities, there's maybe fewer resellers at thrift stores. There might be fewer resellers, you know, doing offer up and doing garage sales because they're moving over to the Amazon side of things, which is definitely profitable. If you're ungated on things, that's probably where you should be. Uh, but if you're a part-time reseller, you could still capitalize on that and make use of Q4, if nothing else, as a sourcing opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, uh, there's definitely, and here's the thing, the, the competition is still there. I'm seeing it more and more, you know, I, I, I feel that right now people, you know, we talk about how there's all these jobs and no one's taking jobs, but I think it's a lot of people just decided to just figure out how to work at home. Right. And which opened up. I'm not saying that's the reason we, you know, we people aren't working and unemployment's and horrible levels. I, I do think, though, uh, that there's a part of that where people just figured out that, hey, I could kind of, you know, make a little bit more income doing this and trying to go get a nine to five. And so uh, I do see it. I see it more. And here's an interesting story. I was well, I, it was interesting to me, but, you know, I've noticed this and I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I say this. But I've gone to thrift stores lately in the last year and I've been going, but there tends to be attractive people now at thrift stores. So like, so what? like you're saying like physically attractive. Yeah. People? Like, so you're saying like before, like the people at thrift stores were just all busted, but now you've got what? attractive people going to thrift stores. <laughs> okay. That's what I mean. I'm trying to be careful, but here's the thing. When I used to go to thrift stores before, I mean, it, you know, me, it was, it was me and, and it was, it was, you know, like. It wasn't it wasn't people that looked like they were trying to go to the club or go to, you know, like, you know, they weren't trying to be like TikTok famous or whatever. Right now I go and it's like all these hipsters and all these, you know, um, you would think that they like they're like Instagram people like and I'm like, what is going on? 
right? Like what? And and we've talked about how thrifting has become more popular. Mm-hmm. So the other day, I went to my friend's house. He invited me over uh, have dinner, and uh, it's been a long time. And, and uh, you know, his daughter knew that I did uh, reselling, and and she was talking to me about it. And she's like, "Oh man, everybody I know does thrifting. You know, where do where should I go?" And blah blah. And it was kind of interesting hearing from someone that isn't a reseller of how much they love thrifting and like they know the ins and outs they know that stores should not be named isn't a place you should go sourcing uh they know about the bins they know about this and i'm like wow like there is a lot more competition right a couple of weeks ago you know i was at, i was at their store and and um i you know it, i i would say there was probably i don't know it was like anywhere from like 40 to 50 like you know 20 year olds just just thrifting in the store i wonder if uh that scene is getting, so old saying that by the way i wonder if that scene is getting the same hate that resellers get right because oh there, there is some of that drama because i was going to say like the reality is they're they're probably not uber wealthy and they want to wear nice clothes plus there's also the the moral aspect of it of like giving clothes a new home or giving items a new home instead of going to the trash but you know they're obviously not going buying non-name brand stuff they're trying to get the best stuff that they can get um so i wonder if they're getting the same hate of people saying like you know you're taking from people who you know can't afford stuff or people the same way that resellers do i mean i can't imagine it's the same amount of hate there might be some but i almost feel like some people will look at that as like a positive thing like look at the younger generation going and and recycling and upcycling you know as opposed to look at the resellers trying to you know take from the the poor to make themselves rich almost you know no, there have been there has been stuff like that. Now, okay, let me phrase my my statement better. There are people that are all dressed up to go to the thrift store. Cuz usually when you're sourcing, I mean, but I don't is your opinion of dressed up like is that just maybe just how people are dressing? Like cuz you're no, like you're no. like totally like you know, I'll wear basketball shorts and a t-shirt as <laughs> hey, opposed to Adam Sandler does, okay? Right. I'm not I, saying I'm there's anything wrong level, with that. Okay? Right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like you know, I remember when we went to the Poshmark thing and, you know, people were just wearing like business <laughs> casual and like nice business, like attire for like a, a dinner party or something. And you were like, these people are just like super dressed up. I'm, you know, I would never dress like this. And I'm like, you know, I think this is kind of normal for a lot of people, but maybe just not. Like, but not for, for a, not for a reselling event. That's my thing. Like if I'm if I'm going to like a political thing or if I'm going to like a chamber of commerce, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, of course, I'm going to get dressed up for that. You know, but but when it's reselling, like it, it's that's part of the independence of, of reselling. And again, please know I'm not trying to offend anybody out there that if you were going to thrift stores the last five years, you weren't an attractive person. What I'm saying is, it's just it's a different clientele that's coming through the stores. Right. And I got to tell you, I, I don't I don't think I don't think that's stopping anytime soon now with, you know, sustainability has become more of a thing. Uh, and I just I find that y- y- this this generation is it's it's funny because you have one group that is very vain. Right. It's all like Instagram, TikTok famous. Let's, you know, let's let's drive our Bentleys. Let's get the most expensive shoes. Let's get everything. But I find there's there's way more on the other side of, hey, you know what? Let's find what's unique and what's cool that nobody else can find. And that's what you can get through thrifty. Right. That's why we do well as resellers, because we find those items that other people can't pick up. So, yeah. yeah, that wasn't really um, my update. But uh, anyway, uh, so real quick, I'm done organizing. Nice. So <laughs> well, are you really? <clears throat> no, no. Well, and here I am. But what remember last. 
Last time I was talking about being organized for FBA. Mm. So so my so my garage space and everything, I got my station, I everything set up. The only reason I got stuff everywhere in here is because I've had major eBay hauls. So once I get sorted through all that process, all that, I'll be organized. And then it won't look like that. But uh, you know, hot items are selling. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I'm I'm doing the whole did I mention this a lot? I can't remember if it's a conversation with you or if it was on the podcast. I had mentioned that now it's happening where you can buy stuff at a store and by the time you get home, you already sold it. Or actually, you buy it within the store and before you check out, that I'm already so sold. Have I talked to you about that? Yeah. On the podcast? Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm trying to muddle it all. So anyways, uh, last thing, uh, I did get a van, but I didn't buy one. I rented a van. You decided not to go with the no, trailer route? Listen. Okay. couple reasons why. One is, as a reseller, you always buy low and sell high. I'm not going to pay top dollar for a trailer. Yeah, but that's not top. I mean, one, you could have borrowed my trailer. And two, I could have. You're, you're, not, you're not buying anything you're renting. You're throwing your money away. You could spend, you could probably spend the same amount you spend in a year or two of renting a van and own a small trailer to use for the next 10, 20 years. True, true. But I'm not, let's put it this way. When I moved and I had to drive the U-Haul, I got lucky that no one saw what happened to that vehicle. <laughs> and Mike's like, oh, my trailer. So you're saying you're not a good driver? Ah, uh, when it comes to larger vehicles that aren't the norm, no. I just, I mean, I, I've shared with you my story about the minivan and how I felt like I was going to open up like a tuna can when I end up in a garage at one time. Right. And so, so I, I'm just, uh, you know, I can only imagine with a trailer. And here's the thing I wanted Thanksgiving with Mike and not to be awkward. So, the last thing I want is to borrow his trailer. And I have some crazy story how like I didn't put the hitch on right and I was on, you know, Pacific Coast Highway and then ended up in the ocean. You probably could have rented a trailer from U-Haul though, enclosed trailer. Probably a couple hundred bucks. Uh it's not. It it's my like here, here's for, here, for, but I mean like a small one, like a like a four foot by six foot trailer, possible. not like a big but here's why I got the van. Craziness. I found the van and I'm renting it for the same price as I was last year. Now it's a passenger van, so it's not like a cargo van, but it still gives me a ton of space. And here, here's the deal: I'm spending 2k instead of 4k. And if I bought something new, I'd be spending like a trailer. I'd be spending 4k. Mm, yeah, new, but you like I've showed you used trailers you can get for under two thousand dollars. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I would. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of buying stuff that just sits around because I would only use it in Q4. Right. But then let's say three or four years from now, let's say you decided you're done with reselling, you sell it for pretty much the same price you bought it for. You'd save a ton of money. I know. In the comments, I'm going to get skewered. I know. But you know what? I don't want to deal with it. I mean, I had a conversation with a friend today. He was talking about getting a vehicle and he's like, what do you think about leasing? And I had to like, oh, you know, nicely. Leasing is an easy one though. Right. right. But I, I kind of feel like it's the same thing. I had to have this conversation and I felt like I was like, man, like you're throwing money away. And I feel like as resellers, so yeah, let us know in the comments below. Like if you had a choice, you already would you know spend what people are going to say. To rent a van for a, a short amount of time, a month and a half, or spend the same amount of money to buy a trailer that you could pull with the vehicle you already own and uh, and use it year after year after year. I'm just happy I got a van for the price that I want. Good wanted. job, congratulations, I'm proud of you. <laughs> All right, what's going on with you, Mike? Um, you know, really not a ton uh, reselling wise. Like last week was a huge week for me. Offer up. And kind of the way OfferUp goes, and part of it is probably just the niches I'm in. 
um, I, I was able to, I went several months without really using OfferUp. And then so when I jumped on and I was searching the things that I kind of look for, some had built up, right? So I was able to mm. snag, snag all the things that had built up over time. And now that I've been kind of like monitoring it daily for like the, the 10 to 11 like searches that I'm continuously doing, I'm just not finding the stuff, right? Like it's just, or I find stuff and the prices are too high and the negotiations. So I feel like it's like that with OfferUp, it's, it's up and down. Um, so this week I'm hoping to do some garage sales because it just, it didn't hit this week with OfferUp like it did last week. Uh, but you know, still getting listings done, pictures done, uh, which is nice. And, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's, that's the way it is, especially when you're part-time. I mean, I got to remember there's times where I'm like, man, I'm really not getting as much done as I'd like to reselling wise, but I also work full-time. I do the podcast and I've got a, a now 11 week old baby at home, right? Like there's a lot going on. I'm like, I'm still, my 90 day total is still doing pretty good. I'm still getting listings done. I, I have a death pile, so I'm not out, right? Like I'm still, I'm still grinding. I'm still moving. Uh, but it's been, it's been too long since I've hit up some garage sales. So I'm ready to do that again for sure. But here's the thing, the nice thing, and a lot of people commented this on our last episode about why people quit reselling. You know, people were saying, Hey, I got out of reselling and now I'm back on Instagram. People were saying this and you can get into back into reselling at any time. It's not, it's not like you leave a career and then you can't come back. Right. You know, for, for example, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do if I try to be an administrator again, right? Like, hey, why'd you leave administration? And you ended up being a reseller for five years. And I can't, I can't say my answer is like, I can't stand politics and I like being my own boss. Like that would never work, right? Because you got to love politics when you're in those positions because that's all that happens once you get into those positions. And so, but with reselling, all it takes is, right? It's like getting, you know, it's like learning to ride a bike. Right. Even though I, I, you know, I haven't really fully learned how to ride a bike. But if I did, I'm sure everyone tells me it's like, you know, it's like you you haven't ridden it for years. You just get back on. And it's, it's like easy. driving a car. I don't know. What if you didn't drive a car for 10 years? How would that be? I mean, you'd still I mean, you'd have to, like, get used to the uh, the gas pedal. And the I mean, it's, with pedal automatic again, cars, it's easy. Right. But but it's the same thing, like with reselling, I think, or, or, or even riding a bike. Like you might be a little shaky at first, but uh but yeah, I mean, but don't take that to mean like I'm I'm out of reselling. I'm definitely not out of reselling. No, no, no. Just, we're not saying no. I'm, I'm not saying that. Garage sales what I'm saying is I appreciate the fact that you bring up the point that hey, life is busy. I have I have a new baby. You know, I have my my career that is more important, and I can dip in and out when I want. Right? You have the knowledge base that you can go still to the thrift store at any time, and you're going to be good. Right? Right? And you know how eBay works. Now the interesting thing is I caught this the other day. There's a I think it was Texas Gal Treasure or somebody. I watched a video the other day uh, about somebody who wasn't doing eBay anymore. And what they said is they would stop doing eBay for a while and they go back to eBay and it just seemed like it kept getting more complicated and they just were like, I'm done. And I kind of see that a little bit. Well, we'll talk about that here later on in our reseller topics. But eBay of five years ago compared to eBay now, there's a lot of changes. I mean, we're from promoted listings to item specifics to some of the shipping uh, to the pictures to just just everything. It'd be interesting. Let let us know. Those of you who have been selling for a long time and then came back. Do you feel that eBay was really really different and, and maybe even difficult for you when you came back? So. All right. Hey, before we get to our random stories, I uh, want to say thank you to all of you. We keep getting people that signed up for our membership. And so we, we got to do that Zoom here pretty soon. We want to say what's think? up, all of you. Okay. Let's just real quick. Uh, we're going to we're gonna hash this out now. So here we've had some, I've had some things that I've had 
schedules and I've had things come up. And so my, Mike has had the same. So remember, we're real people with families that resell and we're resellers before we're ever YouTubers, before we're podcasters. Uh, you, you guys know that if you follow us on social media, uh, based on how many DMs we don't get back to. So yeah. we're, we apologize for that. All right. What, what are we looking here, Mike? What about, uh, oh, what about the, uh, not this next week, but this one on Wednesday, 27th, October 27th. Wednesday, the 27th. Let's do it. All right. So tentatively, unless anything changes, which will let all of those uh, supporters on buy me a coffee. know, uh, the 27th, we're going to have a zoom call. Just a short hangout, like a half hour or so to just hang out with those of you who are supporting us that want to, you know, maybe ask us some questions or just chat about some things going on in the reselling world. It's just a great opportunity to do that. Again, like we always say, uh, We'll talk about Q4 a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So think. disclaimer on every every podcast when we mention this, this isn't like we're putting content behind a paywall. This is just a chance for us oh, to just say thank you to to those who are supporting us. And so yeah, if you if you support us on PRS Podcast, uh, buy me a coffee, PRS Podcast, uh, it really helps us out. It's what allows us to keep making these podcasts. So uh, we just want to get a chance to hang out and say hi. And sometimes that's all it is, right? It's just saying hi, getting to know some people, learning on what's going on in their reselling world, learning from each other. So it's a ton of fun. Uh, we've enjoyed all of them we've done so far. hundred oh, percent. And love, love seeing you guys face to face, hopefully one day in real life. So again, buyme.com, uh, buyme.com. Yeah. <laughs> buyme.com. Buy Everybody me. has a price. <laughs> Buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Go to the link below. Uh, you can just say thank you, buy us a couple of coffees. But if you want to do the virtual meetup with us, uh, the best way to do that is sign up for the membership. And then you'll get the messages when we're meeting up, you'll get the zoom info. And uh, we'll say hello to each other. So thank you again. All right. Random stories, Mike. You got any here? Um, yeah, I mean, this one kind of comes up because I, I just sold recently uh, like some kind of like ham radio, CB radio stuff. And it just reminded me. And I might have already mentioned this story somewhat on the podcast because it happened a couple weeks ago. But if I didn't or if I did, I'm sorry. I but I remember you sharing. OK, so oh, maybe I wasn't paying attention. So ham radio is one of those things that I've kind of thought about getting into a few times over the years just because. It's kind of interesting, but then every time I'm looking into it, it's like, man, it's a lot. And it's like, now there's Twitter. Like, why would I need to do like ham radio? Mm -hmm. But then like with with kind of the the current climate of of culture and all this stuff, it's like, you know what? If, if something were to happen and you weren't to have access to like social media and things were really bad, like it would actually be nice to be able to like communicate with people still and have like some way of like. Like War of the World style or. Like, like, you know, I don't know. Right. Like but signs. I'm not saying anything that's going to get that bad, but like it, it just would be be nice right because i mean there's been times where like san diego's lost power for a week yeah. and you know think crazy things happen if the internet were to go down can you imagine so um I, I was like you know it might be nice to just have you know get my license kind of figure out how to do it and so I, i've sold some some ham radio stuff and i've kind of looked at you know playing with it and getting into it and getting my own license for it and it's funny because uh we live out like in the boondocks out in the middle of nowhere there's like a road that goes up to where we're at but it's like a half a mile away from any other houses and people always get lost and end up coming up where we're at and we have to like turn them around and say like nope like this isn't a through road well one day my wife and i are getting home and i think we had like some costco stuff and some guys pull up and we had to like get out and tell them like nope sorry this isn't because they were like is this such and such and I'm like no and then they wanted like can we go up that road and it was like the driveway up to like my in-laws house and i'm like no that's just, just a house up there and they're like okay well we're um you know, I need, to, we need to check some signals out here where we're, we've only got a half nice. hour left and we had a ping in this direction. And I'm like, what in the world? And then it clicked. I'm like, I bet you these guys are doing some like ham radio thing. 
And they were like, can we, can we just like stop right here for a couple of minutes and try and get our, he said, triangulate, we need to triangulate our position. And I was like, okay. So we're unloading this Costco stuff and these guys get out with like just this big equipment. Like one guy's got like a hula hoop with like some wires on it. And other guy's got like a pole with a bunch of other poles on it. And they're like swinging it around with like big old headphones on. And we get inside and my wife looks at me and just starts laughing. And I'm like, I think they're doing like ham radio stuff. And so I asked them, I'm like, are you guys doing ham radio stuff? And they're like, yeah, we're doing ham radio stuff. It's pretty fun. I'm like, yeah, it seems, seems like kind of fun. I guess like they're trying to figure out like a signal. I guess I'm assuming it was some kind of a, like a treasure hunt thing. Like what do they call those geo geocaching, oh, oh, geocaching. kind of like geocaching, but like where somebody puts like a transponder and they have to be able to like triangulate the signal where it's coming from type of thing. And I'm assuming it was some kind of competition. Uh, but I just, I think like, I don't know if that like made me go, you know, what? I, this isn't for me. Like, it was, but, there, but it's a real, I mean, I know it's a hobby. Yeah. Part of, like the ham, like collectors, yeah. like, groups. And yeah. Stuff. But I bring it up because it was like a random thing. Cause like I just sold some stuff and then this happened and I'm like, there's definitely a market for it. like, these people are into this thing. They, they, they want the equipment and someone will get like old vintage equipment too. And part of it is even though they have like, like you can go on Amazon and get like $30 for like a pretty mm-hmm. good, like CB handheld thing. And then an antenna is not too expensive. But some people want the really old stuff, even if it's not more powerful and it's not better. But just something about having the vintage. Same thing with like audio, even though vintage audio does have a better quality sound to it if you get the right stuff. Um, so I don't know if there's something there with that with the ham radio, too, or if it's just collectors, you know, a guy who's retired or a lady who's retired. And they don't have anything else going on. They've got a room basement or whatever a garage full of ham radio stuff. And so it might be a niche that I want to get into. But it's kind of nice because when I'm getting into a niche, it kind of gives me an excuse to kind of understand it and learn it and it can almost become a hobby right like just learning the niche becomes a hobby so i get to kind of scratch that itch of i need new hobbies all the time i'm always finding new hobbies that i can be like you know what i'm going to learn about ham radio i'm going to learn about the different equipment what it does what's valuable what's not so it's easier for me to source it and sell it but then also as i'm doing it i can decide you know is this a hobby i want to try and get into and then if not you know i sell all the equipment and i end up profiting off of it right so Sometimes I and you'll like, know what's really good and what's really not. Right, exactly. And so sometimes I feel like my hobby is learning other hobbies. I feel like a lot of people are like that I've talked to. Uh, but the nice thing is, as a reseller, instead of like what most people do is they go out and they they find a new hobby, they learn all about it, and they spend as much money as they can to get all the equipment. And then they move on to a new hobby a few months later. And it's like, that was all waste. As a reseller, I can kind of like get into hobbies and make those hobbies profitable for me, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. now I'm getting a cool collection of vintage tools because I've learned about tools and I'm starting to be able to do stuff around my house because I got all these tools. And so I was able to build a tool collection while also making profit and learning about tools. So uh, not super random, but just random that as that, like I was thinking again, it was like a couple of days, I was like, I should get into ham radio. And then these guys show up with like these giant things and they're swinging them around my property. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I, I might still get into ham radio. They you seem to are be having there, fun. Man. You're out there now. The, the the interesting thing is that goes along with our last episode where we talked about some people as a result of reselling, they, you know, come across something else that they find more enjoyable, more profitable. And then they do that. So, you know, one day Mike might open his own ham radio store. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it does, if I become the uh, go to ham radio guy doing ham radio uh, podcast, you know, if you did a ham radio podcast, would you do it over ham radio or would you do it? over like podcast i don't know i'm sure there's a podcast for that if you're into ham radio and you want to like point me in the right direction uh let us know in the comments below that'd be cool okay what about you what's your random story so my random story is kind of like reseller topic uh and i think both of them are 
So I don't know how to put this. So I had I had an item that I shipped out USPS priority. And it was the typical, you know, it, tracking didn't update. It didn't show up. And this was back in late September. So the person messages me and, you know, they open a case or like item not received. I check the tracking. It says it's not showing. And I'm like, what is going on? I mean, it literally was like three weeks. And so I go to the post office. And what drives me crazy lately about the post office is they passed the buck. That's what I notice now. Before it used to be like you could talk to the supervisor and they had the answers. Now it's like pass the buck. Here's a phone number, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's kind of frustrating. It's just kind of frustrating. And and so, you know, I had said, hey, here's the tracking. And, and, and the reason I do this is because the tracking on eBay is not anywhere close to the information that, of the tracking that the post office has, whatever, you know, internally in, in their, on their computers. So I went and I asked, I said, hey, I'm just wondering, I, I shipped this out of San Diego and it says that it's still at the regional whatever warehouse in San Diego. And he gave me a phone number. He told me I'd talk to a living person. I'm like, all right, fine. Took the, took the phone number and I went back, got on my phone and I call and I'm like, hey, listen, I shipped out this item and, and I give them the tracking number and they're like, oh, is this the one going to New Hampshire? I'm like, yeah, it's the one going to New Hampshire. So California, New Hampshire, that's pretty far, right? That's across the country. And they said, yeah, uh, so first class mail, you know, these days is taking about two to three weeks to get to their location across the country. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I sent this priority. She's like, yes, priority too. I'm like, what? No, no. I, 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 you know, sometimes you wonder if the person you're speaking to understands English, right? Nothing against anybody. I just, I, I, I was like, are you sure you know what you're saying? Yeah. Right. Well, and it seems like, like how many more things can they have? Like first class sounds like already like as high as you can go. It's like it's first class. Like, no, now we're going to charge extra for something else called priority. Oh, you know, priority is pretty slow. So you can get pay extra and get this other service that goes. Yeah. Faster. So, so I asked and I said, you know, so what, so I want to make sure this was sent priority. I spent, you know, $8, whatever on a padded flat rate envelope to send uh, this item. And she said, uh, yes, uh, those uh, sometimes will take two to three weeks. And I'm like, do you understand this will kill people's businesses? <laughs> I just, I started getting a little heated because I'm like two to three weeks. That's completely irresponsible. Like first class mail. I understand. So I said, oh, is this in writing somewhere on your website? I'm really at a loss because if it's in, if it's in your policy, that's fine. Like that's what you guys mean. And I'll, I'll go with it and I'll, I'll go somewhere else to do my shipping. And so, you know, she said, yes, it is. And she's like, I'll even send you an email. Uh, and you know, I'll even give you my contact information and everything. And guess what? I uh, never got an email from the post office or from this person. Right. And so I'm like, oh, I, like, did I, did I really expect that email? No. Like, yeah, maybe you should have said, you know, why don't you just send me an email that says like, um, hi, like right now. So that way, uh, you know, I have a way of contacting you after the phone call. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll get off when I receive the hi email. Oh, and I've done that before, but I, I was just like, I was done with it. So I went to the website for priority, priority mail. And it says, you know, one, two, three business days. And I had said, Hey, your website says one, two, three business days. And three weeks is a little more than three business days. So, so she goes, well, look at the alert. And I'm like, okay. So I look at the alert and it says as a result of the ongoing COVID-19 
Oh, I'm saying the word. Now we're going to get shadow banned. COVID-19 emergency. Certain packages may take longer than usual to arrive. Priority Mail Express next day service is unaffected. Yep. So again, they're pushing it back. Like next day is fine. <laughs> but if it's priority one to three business days, I mean, that's that's rough. And I get that like things are hard right now. I'm sure we're going to talk about supply chain and all of that. But like, bro, we've been doing this for like a year and a half now. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, no, a pandemic's going to happen. Like we've been in it. Yeah. Year and a half. Yeah, no, it Can just, we get our act together? It's, it's, it's a crazy situation. Um, it kind of reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where. Uh, Seinfeld goes to pick up his car reservation and they're like, Oh yeah. Like they put it in his name. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't, um, we don't have your car. Um, sorry, we don't have the car. And he goes, but you have my reservation. Yeah, we got your reservation and you reserve the car. Yeah. But you don't have my car. No, we don't have it. And he's like, I don't I've, think you understand what the word to me reservation, a car reservation means. Yeah, no, that's happened a reservation me. means you've reserved the car, right? Like, and yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like that was the priority. You almost sounded like Jerry Seinfeld there for a moment. <laughs> but like, that's kind of the idea of like the priority. And then if you can kind of push it back and go, yeah, you sent it priority three business days, but you know, two weeks. So you might as well send it first class. It's like, well, so then I asked, can I get a refund? I said, hey, is it possible to get a refund, you know, based on the fact that you guys weren't able to fulfill uh, what you stated? And then it says... Uh, I'm look. I'm trying to find it up here on the website. Uh, the expected delivery data does not come with a money back guarantee. Must be nice. I feel like that's like being a weatherman. Like being a weatherman must be the easiest job in the world. All you really have to say is fifty percent chance of rain, and no matter what, you're right, right? Yeah, like, but that's th only if you're funded by the government, right? Right. That, that's it. Like, I'm pretty sure FedEx and UPS would not be able to get away with this. Yeah, guarantee. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so. I've been shipping pretty much most of my packages now, FedEx, and it does cost a little more. So, and and I, I do want to be kind to the post office too. I mean, out of the thousands of packages I've sent, it's only been maybe less than one percent that I've had issues with, right? But you know, th this kind of this irks me a little bit. Like, why is it acceptable two to three weeks? Like, you know, and luckily the buyer, I messaged him. I said, hey, I don't know what's going on. This is what the post office told me. And they were pretty nice about it and said, you know what? I'll wait two more weeks for my item. Two more. It's, so they're going to wait an entire month. Okay. And you know what? I had one more thing. Did I mention uh, the item that I use pirate ship through the UPS? So a lot, two podcasts ago, I had mentioned how the post office, I sent something to Canada via the post office. It got to customs and it got kicked back to me. And no one at the post office knew why it got kicked back to me. Now, luckily, eBay was super awesome about it. And I don't know what eBay did. I called eBay. I'm like, hey, listen, I sent this over. They kicked it back. Post office can't tell me why. I filled out all information like you you guys wanted on your shipping page. Is there any way we could work out You know, if I could get these funds back? So they refunded me. I think it was like $72 for the shipping. I shipped it UPS. And guess what? UPS arrived on time. No problems. Everything was good to go smooth sailing so just saying you know i i think there's an argument to be made for oh i'm getting you're getting comments you know what i'm gonna say right now oh private business yes yeah i mean it's competition it's the same thing with resellers the fact that the fact that there is competition is what allows prices to be low that that's what makes things better for consumers once there's no competition you know prices prices and service doesn't have to change right so you know, competition is definitely a good thing. And it's hard when you're in the business and you're being competed against because, yeah, we have to do things like 
now I have to offer free shipping or now I have to offer you know returns or all these things that I might not want to do. But think about overall, this is a good thing for the economy, right? It's a good thing for people. Now there's a point where you know people can take competition too far and they can there's shady things people can do for sure. But uh, the fact that yeah, the UPS and and FedEx and these companies they're fighting. They want the they want the service. They want it, you know. So they're going to do whatever they can to keep a good reputation because if they don't have a good reputation, if they can't deliver on time, people won't use them. They'll use their competitors, and so they kind of have that desire. Whereas something else that like USPS that doesn't necessarily, and again, like you said, for the most part they do really good, but we've seen a lot of issues through the USPS, and it's like come on, right? Like they really don't have a lot of competition in some areas. Some, some, some things can only be sent USPS, right? So if it's going to like a military base or something like that, you don't have an option. And so the fact that there's no option kind of allows them complete control to go too bad. So sad. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. I have a completely powerless in the situation. All right. Hey, before we get moving, I want to talk about one of our awesome sponsors, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Seen a lot of you buying it and tagging us on Instagram. Please continue to do so. Uh, great company, you know, use our promo code, our promo code. If you go to the link below AmericanBubbleBoy.com, promo code is pure as a podcast, all lowercase, pure as a podcast, all lowercase. Uh, and they're able to get shipping to you, I mean, shipping supplies quick. Uh, not only do they just sell bubble wrap, but they also have these things called Insta packs, which are pretty awesome. And I think they have like some sample packs of those uh, and they have all kinds of different sizes. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, what I love is if there's ever an issue, you guys can always DM me. And I mean, <laughs> I, I talk, I can talk to the owner within moments. Right. And it's, that's what I love about, you know, homegrown businesses. Like this is, you know, it's not like Amazon where like, how do I get a hold of someone? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's somebody out there, right? And you can probably call customer service and get a hold of somebody that's going to help you out. And I know, you know, I know that they, they take care of everyone. So just, hey, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Go to the link below and use our promo code Pure Hustle Podcast. All one word, all lowercase. All right. Also, uh, social media. If you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pierce of Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, make sure you catch us on Instagram. You know, there's all kinds of things that are happening on there that sometimes we don't get to on a YouTube video. We don't even discuss on the podcast. Uh, you know, I just had a recent haul and some people were able to actually buy some of the stuff that, and again, I don't run the Instagram to, to market to people, to sell the stuff. You guys know, I never go like, this is for sale. Just people hit me up. So you never know what cool, interesting things uh, Mike and I are, are going to come across. We are appreciative of every single one of you. Uh, I just want to throw this out there. You know, I, I, here's the thing and on Instagram, you know how there's primary and general on the, on the DMS. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of you that comment, like send us DMs and it ends up in the general. And that doesn't pop up for us. It doesn't show up. So sometimes you'll see me, I'll get back to somebody like a month later. And I'm like, sometimes two months, three months, like, I'm so sorry. And it's because you're not in the initial one. So once I message one time, DM one time, then you end up in that primary. And anytime after that, you want to get a hold of us, you can. So please know we're working through that. I always say this, like, we're full-time resellers. And so well, I'm full-time, but you get you know what I'm saying. We're both reselling is what we do. Uh, the podcast, you know, we, we record every once in a, you know, every once in a while we record every week, but it, we spend way more time doing reselling, right? If we were YouTubers, which would be nice, uh, we probably have more time to get back to everyone, but please know we appreciate every single one of you. And we're always trying to get back to you and, and thank you always 
every day we get comments like love the podcast love you guys you guys are great thanks for the information so thank you for all your support uh you can also find us on twitter and clubhouse we are pure so cast and you leave us a phone number six one and leave us a phone number leave us a call voicemail 619-738-1170 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email pierce podcast at gmail.com it's pierce podcast yeah. at gmail.com and also one of the best ways two ways to support us is if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't jumped over to youtube we're almost to 6k subscribers on youtube so if you can jump on over hit that subscribe button smash that like button hit that bell notification that would greatly help us and if you go to itunes and leave us a review that always helps us in the algorithm and pushes up our podcast above others so thank you so much for your support yeah oh, we got a lot <laughs> boats are stuck in harbors money is not as valuable but we are hustlers and we keep on hustling and that's what's happening right now we're going to talk about it breaking news orlando take it away i feel we're like a cable news network <laughs> what we're going to talk about today right now because but it is affecting us as resellers that's the thing you know, it's funny. <laughs> it was easy to see a lot of these issues already happening, you know, like a year ago. And again, I keep saying this, like, regardless of who's in the White House, this stuff has been going on for a year and a half. I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm so at a loss as to why we're, we're surprised. Mm. You know, um, we had supply chain issues this time last year. Mm -hmm. Right. But we're having it again. Right. And. And I know we can make all kinds of, of reason, but the reality is this is this is the era we live in right now, right? So I bring this up. Uh, you know, you guys have been watching the news. Um, uh, the current president, uh, Joe Biden, had stated that the fact that uh, he gave a speech about that now the ports in L.A. are going to be open 24 hours a day. Which they need to be because I saw something. It was like an aerial footage shot of it. And I, I don't That's know. so crazy. I don't know if it was half a million shipping containers or half a million ships. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of things stuck, stuck waiting to get in. Right. And that takes time. Like if ship arrives, it's not like it just arrives and like you unpack it really quick. Like you unpack a, 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 a truck, right? Like they've got to get cranes to get these shipping containers off. They got to get it on the right trucks and then they got to refuel the boat and get the boat. Like this is a time consuming process. And I know, I know in the East coast, there was one Harbor that was having like a strike issue where the uh, employees were striking. And I, I'm worried, like even something like this, like this is a good move opening up the, the, the ports for like 24 hours and the things they're trying to do. But again, are they going to be able to make sure that they're staffed enough, that they're taking care of their employees enough where the employees aren't going to get burned out or decide to strike? Because can you imagine another, like a, a big strike in the L.A. port? Like it'd be devastating. Yeah. And so I, I don't. And so the reason I bring this up as resellers, this can affect us for the positive and for the negative. Right. On, on the positive end. If you have a great amount of inventory of new toys or new clothing or items that people want for Christmas, like you're going to be selling like gangbusters. It's going to be an amazing time, I think. And I'll share with you in a little bit because you're like, Orlando, isn't the economy kind of weird? Inflation's high and, and, you know, we may be hitting stagflation and, and, you know, anyways, <laughs> I feel like we're a new channel right now, but this is affecting us. And, you know, there's a positive side that it could be good. Now, there's the other side is let's say this works out, right? Let's say, which I don't anticipate in it working out. I think we're still going to be in a mess. But come early December and all the sh store shelves are like jam packed, stocked with inventory. 
Like that could be kind of interesting. So my game plan is I'm selling now. If people are buying my stuff now, I'm buying, I'm selling now. I'm not waiting out to get a little bit more. I'm not hoping that, you know, prices will keep rising as, as things become scarce. I'm just going to sell now. Cause what I know is now, right? I know that right now people are buying and it's going to be an interesting thing. And, and you might kick yourself, you know, in the butt later for that decision, but I'm a big believer and you've got to make the best decision given what you know right now. Right. 100%. And so like I, we, we were kind of playing around with Dogecoin when that whole thing was happening, you know, what was it earlier this year, like yeah. the beginning of this year. And, uh, you know, I put through some money in there, made a few hundred bucks and pulled out and I'm like, you know, I don't really believe in Dogecoin, but it was just a fun little thing to do for fun. But then when it shot up, you know, again, I did the math and I'm like, geez, I'd have like tens of thousands of dollars profit that I could have made off that. But I know I made the right decision for my family, given the information I had. Right. And so I think the yeah, same thing agreed. with selling now, like, do you want to take the gamble that that these shipments won't get resolved? And yeah, like you said, there'll be an overstock of stuff. Which or you won't be down. able to find any inventory like it gets jammed and it gets even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you have nothing to sell. Right. So I agree. Now, it's interesting. I look at some of the quotes here. This is from uh, the New York Times. Uh, I'm trying to see who said this. Someone said this in order to be a globally competitive, uh, we need to improve our capacity to make things here in America while also moving finished products across the country and around the world. The Home Depot and Target also committed to moving more products at night to help ease congestion. So what I'm finding is that these businesses are doing stuff on the side to get their inventory. The other day I was at Costco and we're having a toilet paper shortage at our Costco's here in San Diego. And uh, man, I had to go to Costco three days in a row to get toilet paper. We made it. We're back to Charmin, though. Remember, we talked about that before. Stuff. The Kirkland's good. But the Charmin, like, you're living like a king. That's right. Right? So I was talking to the manager there, and they're telling me that Costco's buying, like, their own containers. Like, they're using their own chips. Like, they're trying to do whatever they can to get their inventory over. Right? So it's going to be interesting. Now, let's let's uh, let's play that along with inflation. So... You know, Mike and I have been saying this from day one, like inflation's coming, inflation. And we're not economic analysts. It's funny. Somebody had commented at some time, like, how, how do you guys know inflation's going to keep getting worse when all these experts are saying that it's transitory? And I'm like, it's not that those guys don't know what they're talking about. I just know when I go and get my McChicken, my McChicken's cost me two fifty nine, where it was a dollar like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know it's simplistic, but everything's way more expensive. Yeah. Everything keeps going up. Prices continue to go up and you know, there's, you can't, you can't deny it. I mean, we're seeing it with everything. I mean, we're paying four forty for a gallon of gas. I mean, food is going up uh, and, and a lot, there's a lot of things involved in it too. Um, so there's so much, I mean, again, we can't, we can't cover everything, but recognizing that we got to figure out as resellers, how do we make this work to our advantage and how do we avoid the pit traps that can be involved with inflation coming and you know are you are you raising your prices to meet the the new demand and the cost of living that you're going to have to cover um is raising your prices too much too soon going to scare buyers away um if you don't like there is a tight rope you got to walk right you've got to figure out the right decision to make at the right time to make sure that you're still able to pay your bills to buy the food you need to buy to to buy the things you need to buy uh while also realizing Hey, maybe, and again, not financial advice. We're not saying like go out and take out loans and we're really opposed in a lot of ways. I mean, maybe me more than Orlando in, in some ways, but I'm, I'm really opposed to really having any kind of debt if you can help it. But if you see the way things are going and in, in a lot of ways, you can actually leverage inflation to your advantage if you 
take out a loan, right? Because money today is worth more than money tomorrow. So if you get the money today and 10 years from now, you're paying back a business loan that, you know, if, if the average cost, you know, somebody who was making $40,000 a year is now making $80,000 a year because of inflation, well, your loan now is basically nothing. You're paying pennies. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I have been leveraging a lot more credit now just because I know I'm going to be paying less back in a year. Right. Unless we end the story, uh, you know, in a place of deflation, which I don't know. But here's the other thing. So I've always been worried, like, okay, we're in this place. You know, people aren't working. Well, that's what we're hearing. Right. People aren't working like the last jobs report. It was supposed to be like 500,000 new jobs. And it was like one hundred ninety five thousand, like horrible. And, you know, are people going to have the money to buy stuff? But here's the thing. They are. And how do you know that? Okay the stock market should be devastated right now. Like things should be bad. Uh, you know, it takes out. Anyways, we can get into all that. Like people shouldn't be able to have money to invest in crypto, but people have a lot of money now. Like we're at the largest rate of people having money in their savings right now than we've had in years. Why? Well, we've had the stimulus checks. We have the child tax credit, right? That people are getting every month. They're getting, you know, was it 300 per kid or something like that? Right. And so there's a lot of money right now that's not in the economy. It's just sitting. It's sitting in people's bank accounts. It's, it's sitting in crypto. It's sitting in stocks. It's not being spent. So I think there's still going to be the opportunity to sell a lot of items for good money because there's, gonna, there's a lot of money out there for people to spend. And I think this Q4 could be far better than even last year's Q4 if this perfect storm plays out where we have, you know, logjam at the ports, you know, scarcity of inventory, uh, shipping issues with Amazon and maybe eBay, you'll be able to take advantage of that. And then there's this, there's this money in the economy and uh, who, who knows? And we can get into like interest rates and tapering, but I don't want to get into all that. All I'm saying is everything's looking good for this Q4. I think even if we have a crash, which should have had a crash by now, I would have thought by now, but anyways, that's not our show. We're not here about that. So anyways, all right. Um, I found this other thing. Inter- let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, would you like us to talk more about this stuff? I'm always interested. I'm not an expert, but I do research a lot. All right. Uh, I thought this was pretty cool. I, shout out to Rally Roots for doing this. I, you know, I didn't want to spend my own money, so I'm glad they did. So they did a video. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Um, they actually did the pay-per-click. Mm. So they, they ran a few things on promoted listing standard, which is the regular promoted listings. And I think they spent like $300 and they made $4,000, right? Because of promoted listings. Now, does not mean that that's directly correlated, right? Maybe those items yeah. would have sold anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's hard with a study like that because it's not a double blind study with the exact same items, the exact same listings. And you know what I mean? Like... But but it does give you at least some data to work with. Yeah. And so then they did, they ran it for like three weeks of pay-per-click. So they got like 2,000 clicks on a certain shirt or something. So in the end, uh, they spent, I, my numbers may be off. You have to watch the video. They spent, I think they spent $245 on pay-per-click. And they ended up make, uh, selling one item for 189 yeah, you could definitely lose some money. So uh, th- this goes back to what we were saying weeks ago, where I don't think for the secondary market and what Mike and I do and what many of you that listen to our podcast do, that pay-per-click is for us. Like I, we sell unique items. We sell one-offs. I, I don't think it's going to put us in an advantage. Now, if you're doing retail arbitrage as Q4 on eBay, 
it may be worth it, but you got to be careful because man, that could, could lose a lot of money. The one nice thing, and again, it's not, it's not a great thing, but it is a thing is, you know, it is a marketing expense. It is tax write-off, right? So of course you want to have as much net profit as you can, but if you run the experiment and you end up, you know, spending a little bit on pay-per-click, you can almost kind of consider it like, Hey, I paid for this marketing campaign. Maybe it didn't pay out, but at least I can mark it off on my taxes. Yeah, true, true, true. True, but seriously, you can lose a lot of money. A lot of money. I And Amazon's been doing it for a while. And I did pay-per-click on Amazon for a while. And I just, you know, even with the items I was selling, it was just, it was really tough to compete with other people. I just waited for the buy box. All right. Uh, Amazon handling time. So those of you that are going to be selling on Amazon uh, during Q4, I thought this was pretty awesome. Maybe uh, you might find it. So Amazon has this thing that it will automatically adjust your handling time if you cannot ship out items in time. Now, it's not going to do it arbitrarily and like your time to get it, but you can do that. So let me read what it says. Customers love to get their products faster, which means that offering them shorter delivery promises typically lead to more sales. Your delivery promise to customers is some of your handling time to parent packages and, and the shipping time. So sell your limits with order handling capacity. This feature helps you set a limit for how many orders you can handle. As soon as you get one more order than your limits, every additional order will have one additional day of handling time, which will not be considered a late shipment. Hmm. Right. So let's say, you know, I've had those crazy times in Q4 where I have like 80 packages. I mean, I think one time I had 130. I don't know what it was obnoxious. And I did not sleep that night. I did merchant fulfilled and I packed them all. I know it was brutal. But what I would have given if I had this like 100 limit and then all the other 30 just got kicked into another day handling time and it wouldn't have been late. Like it would have been so much nicer. That is true. But the other thing we've talked about, if you uh, if you <laughs> the if counterpoint, you, yeah, if you give yourself four hours to do a task, it'll take four hours. If you give yourself 24 hours, it'll take 24 hours. Right. So there is the the side of you got to get it done anyways. But you, you, you certainly can run up to your limit. Um, and, and And it's helpful that they're giving you that option. I think that's. That's nice. Um, I can't imagine it would would uh, not hurt you to an extent in the algorithm, though. I mean, it might not hurt yeah, you. I'm like, just throwing it out there. There are some people that are okay. I, I personally, I wouldn't. I would just do them all. It, it wouldn't matter how much time. But you know, uh, it it all depends. You know, you have a newborn. Yeah, you got or, eleven week old at home. Yeah, you got a lot going on. Like sometimes you can't handle it. So I thought that was a great option. Uh, you should have got an email in your inbox if you saw it on Amazon. If you didn't, you just go to your shipping settings. And it's it's in there for you to be able to adjust that. Okay, one last Q4 thing, and then we're done with our reseller topics here. So I thought this was interesting. Um, there's a belief that Q4 is going to go past December because of all the delays, which I kind of find kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if people are still... Like, some people are like, diehard Christmas, mm. right? You can't do anything that's non-Christmas. You can't do anything Christmas when it's not Christmas anymore, Right. I love having Christmas all the way through like January, right? But not that I celebrate it. I just have my Christmas tree up for a while. So when do you take your Christmas tree down? Like the day after. Okay. See, I'm more of like, I like it till the end of January. I mean, at least by the end of like by the time the new year's comes around, man, you've got to be ready for the new year. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can't, be, you can't be living in the past, man. You got to move forward in life. I, I have yeah, a Christmas. Christmas. I, I can live in the past. 
So I thought there was some interesting quotes. So this is a story from CNBC. Uh, it's titled Toy Makers Warn Delays in Stocking Retail Shelves Could Create a Four-Month Holiday Hangover. And in here, they had mentioned the idea that uh, certain companies are doing everything they can. I had mentioned before, Home Depot, Costco, contract dedicated container ships, expedite their large orders. Larger companies also have the cash to place orders well in advance. When items are needed, Hasbro Mattel didn't respond to requests for the, for the story, but executives have stressed the big toy companies are better equipped to handle these challenges. So some things may be in stock. Uh, the other things that I, th- I thought was interesting was you know, we had mentioned, you know, are people still still going to buy and so on and what's going to happen? And they had mentioned that, yeah, p- there's going to be the grandparents out there that they're going to want a gift no matter what. So they're going to pay a certain price, right? Whatever. Because all these toy makers are saying that their price is going to be higher, right? LOL themselves, which I don't sell all over Christmas, but they're saying that all their stuff is going to go up in price. But guarantee they're going to sell high now. You this mean like is- inflation? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's here's the thing, man. Any crisis is an opportunity for people to take advantage of things. Well, and some of it's taken advantage of, and some of it's just the reality. Like if you have to, if you have to order extra trucks to help make the deliveries and to make sure you've got your own people at the docks to get things off of boats and to get them to the stores faster, and you're paying like it, your expenses do go up. Like that, that those expenses True. get passed on to the consumer like they have to those the, the company is not going to continue to take huge loss i mean they will to an extent in order to keep their their name up their reputation but eventually as cost goes up that their real cost that they have in order to get items to stores you know it makes sense the prices go up too you can't blame them yeah i just you know i just think about have you ever have you ever gone how many places have open restrooms anymore yeah. right due to covid our restrooms are closed right and it's like what i mean i remember after 9 11 like before 9-11, those of you that are, are super young, you can go on an airplane and they would give you like a meal and you wouldn't even have to pay for it. Like you would have a lunch, you'd have dinner, like you'd, you'd have more leg room. I mean, there were so many perks and that all went away, gone. Like, and it's, I find with, 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 you know, what's happened recently, like, you know, you go to the movies and, and there's, you know, all the prices have gone up and you can't do this. It's just. Anyways, I can go enough for ranting. All right. This line was pretty interesting here. Industry analysts said there isn't a singular must-have holiday toy this year. Instead, they foresee consumers gravitating toward items that were most loved during lockdown. So maybe that's the bolo, right? I mean, we're going to give bolos, but I've been trying to find a hot toy. I just I haven't found anything. I found hot toys, like plural, like things that sell quick. But, you know, there isn't like the... <laughs> The fingerling, or yeah. the- but sometimes I feel like those often don't come until closer to Christmas, though. When when this like it becomes the hot toy because stores are out true, true, and the true. demand is there. So we might not know until you know people are shopping in December or after Black Friday, and they're looking for you know maybe something that you might not consider hot, for instance, because it's super trendy. But if there's a demand for it and it's not there, all of a sudden that is a hot toy. But I think what they're saying is due to the shortages. People are just going to go to what they know, right? So whether that be video games, which was huge. I don't think puzzles are going to be huge, but maybe that means puzzles. I don't know. Whatever was huge. I mean, last year, I made probably 90% of my money from one item during Q4. And I made a ton with that one item. Is it going to happen like that? I would love it because it made my life easy. But it may be the year where, you know, there's going to be a wide plethora of things you're going to have to find a source if you're doing to- toys in Q4, because there's going to be scarcity, 
So it's not going to be like you like my 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 goal is always go into there's three or five items that I pick up and that's all I'm going to sell all Q4. Now I may be 10 or 15. Who knows? You know, but I see your point. I see your point. There is some of that where, you know, you don't really find out till later, but we'll see what happens. All right. Those are our reseller topics. All right. But before we move on, there's one item that is available to all of you that need a clean dome. Yeah. Skull Shaver is an incredible product. I uh, I actually accidentally slept in, so my alarm went off, and I turned. What it do you off. mean you woke up at five or something? No, no, no. So uh, it was so. Some days I don't wake up early enough to work out if I like I got like a church thing or something late yeah. at night. So like the next day I don't I don't work out. So I'm like I sleep in till five, and my alarm went off at five instead of three forty five, and I turned it off and just closed my eyes. And next thing you know, my wife's waking me up. It's six o'clock. So I jump out of bed because I normally leave the house at 615. And so I'm like, all right, I've got 15 minutes to like get ready and go. And then I look at the clock and it's 611. And I'm like, it's not six, it's 611, right? <laughs> so I'm freaking out and I'm trying to get ready. I literally grabbed my skull shaver, threw it in my bag. And as I'm driving to work, I'm hitting my head with the skull shaver and I got to work and nobody would have known that I didn't have time to shave and get all nice and, and pretty for the day. It just happened in the car and it was easy and it was effective. Skull Shaver has been a life changer for me. So if you haven't tried Skull Shaver yet, give it a shot. It is, it, I can do it without worrying about nicking myself. It's, it's super fast and uh, the charge lasts forever. Just try it. Go to SkullShaver.com, promo code PURE, P-U-R-E, and you will, you'll, and, and yeah, Christmas time, right? Like, if you're a, if you're a balded beauty like us, you might, you know, tell your significant other or your your mom or or your grandma or whoever like, "Hey, get me a skull shaver." And uh if if maybe you're the one that's married to somebody who uh either is bald or maybe needs to kind of shave it all the way down, get them a skull shaver. You're not going to regret it. Uh that is something you can get and you don't have to worry about uh, you know, supply shortages, hopefully. Hopefully. All right. It is time for what we love. What's your bolo? Yeah. Bobolo time. What's your bolo? All right. So I'm kind of I'm kind of timid sharing my bolo because I don't know it all. Mm. Right. But there's been some recent events that I'm like, you know, I it, this is a good bolo to share because there are some people that are collectors of Hot Wheels that know their Hot Wheels. So I'm sure people will have plenty to see in the comments, but I didn't know how much money there was in Hot Wheels. Like I knew there was, I remember when I worked uh, undercover security for target in the morning, man, those hot wheel guys, bro, they were at the door and they were just like, they'd run to the shelves and they're like looking through all of them. And I'm like, what is going on? But I never understood. I never learned. So if you caught the YouTube video I dropped, I had a major hot wheels uh, haul that I picked up all these vintage hot wheels. And one of the first pieces that sold was a hot and I, <laughs> it was a Hot Wheels, uh, but it was a Redline Club uh, car that sold. Right. And I didn't know. I saw when I was looking up comps on eBay, I kept saying, seeing RLC, RLC, RLC. Now, I know some of you are like, Orlando, how do you know that? That's OK. I'm sure there's plenty that didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I always wondered what it was. And maybe I should have known. I know people post on social media sometimes about them and. I, maybe I wasn't paying attention. It wasn't a niche you were in. It just wasn't. And this item, I, I, you know, it was a huge haul and I maybe paid, I don't know, five to 10 bucks for it. It was sealed. And within hours it sold for 150 bucks. Nice. 
And I'm like, huh, maybe there's something to that RLC. I know I sound so ignorant saying that. So I looked it up. And so there's something that came across. Now, at the same time, I was at home doing some organization and I put on some Craigslist Hunter and uh, Pete had this major haul and he was going through the hall and he pulled out these two Redline uh, Hot Wheels. And just recently, one of the, I'm talking about Hot Wheels, like in the little package, the one car mm. and the car was actually like upside down in the package. He sold one of them for almost, it went on auction. He sold it for like 6,900 something. Wow. And I'm like, what is going on? And so what I love about this haul that I had, I love the profit I'm going to make. Don't get me wrong, but I love how much I'm learning. Like that's part of it. I paid for, <laughs> I paid, you know, over a thousand dollars for nice profit and an education in Hot Wheels. And so what I learned is this, and a lot of you are going to be like old news, but Hey, I'm just trying to help everybody out. So there's a certain line of Hot Wheel cars from the beginning of production called Redline Hot Wheels, and they may have a red line on the tires. Now it's not always because I think in 1978, they stopped doing that. And then they came back. I'm not hundred percent sure. You'll have to uh, research that on your own. But Hot Wheel cars from 1968 to 1977 are super collectible, like within those years. And because they're the the red line, the red line cars. So if you find those, uh, you know, do your research on eBay, but maybe go to a Facebook group or do some, you know, I went to some collector sites and I was looking at what they had. And, and there's guys out there that are on there. They have a website. They're just like, I buy these cars. I'm looking for these cars. Contact me. Right. So maybe you'll be able to do a transaction off of eBay and save yourself some bucks. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. And then there's another thing that is the red line club, I believe. And if I'm wrong, please let me know. I'm always willing to be wrong. Let me know in the comments. Red line club that started in the early 2000s where you can get membership. Like you sign up and I guess every once in a while they, you get the exclusive vehicle or the exclusive car uh, that's that they're giving out. Now the, it has not been super exclusive as it used to be, because I think this last year they opened it up and now it's like unlimited memberships where I think before it was harder to get into the club. And so if you have older Redline Club stuff from like, mine was from like early 2000s. If you have older Redline Club cars from the early 2000s, those are more limited and more exclusive, which means they're more valuable, right? So keep an eye for both. It wouldn't hurt you to just spend half an hour. If you go to garage sales and go to thrift stores or whatever, you're trying to do local deals, it wouldn't hurt you just spend a half hour, Google those two, look at what you're looking for, and then you'll have a better idea. Because I can tell you how many times I go to garage sales and I just won't look at Hot Wheels. Mm. Like I'll see them there and because I'm just thinking, you know, it's like a dollar car that I'll flip mm. for two. Like I'm not going to spend that much money, but yeah, definitely there's there's some good profits out there so yeah that's my bolo nice nice niche to to get into for sure um so mine this one's a little maybe a little weird so i had a, a haul a while back one of the garage sales i did a youtube video for it i picked up a bunch of um camel and marlboro hats and a lot of them were like vintage and they were from like back in the day when when smoking was like still a thing people did a lot more, right? Um, there were like clubs you can get in and you could like send in kind of like the uh, send in proof of purchase. Like the and Hot like, Wheels Club kind of? Yeah, like no, but like, but like you send in proof of purchase like, uh, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like on a cereal box and like if you got enough of them, then you'd get like, they would send you stuff. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing for sure. <laughs> um, so definitely not like promoting like, hey, you should start smoking kids. Like that's not what I'm saying. But 
it's there's a lot of people. What I found interesting is I'm selling a lot of these hats and for really good money. And so then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check offer up, see if there's other things. And I've noticed that there's a th- like people are are buying like camel and Marlboro jackets, hats, bags, various things. And one of the things you notice is kind of sought after too is from a smoke free home, right? So people are it's it's yeah, it's a weird thing to think like you're, smokers you're, want stuff. Oh, maybe it's not smokers. Well, and that's the thing is it's it's there's almost like that vintage feel to it of like. I remember like my grandpa or my dad was in this club huh. and they used to get stuff. And so it'd be cool to like have like a jacket that's like it reminds me or or maybe like an ex-smoker. But like I had this cool jacket that I loved and it was camel or, you know. So, again, not not saying I support the companies and or anything like that or support smoking. But there is a a niche of people who are like interested in it. Push yeah. off to the side here. Uh, people are interested in these things. And some of them are, are relatively collectible and, and like anything else. Some no of offense them are to anybody that smokes, produced. by the way. No, no, not yeah, saying. That's your call. Yeah, but but it's uh, it's definitely waned in popularity, right? Like it used to be much more common and something. And it then used now, to be able to smoke on airplanes. Yeah, now there's a lot more regulations. And it's definitely like then like vaping kind of became kind of the cool trendy thing. And I feel like that's kind of going out of fashion now, too. So um, because now it's not a trendy thing and because legally these companies can't sell that kind of stuff anymore, right? Like they can't, they, they can't market in that way. Yeah, That literally means like the things that are made from that era, like those companies can't make that stuff anymore. They can't sell that stuff anymore in the same way that they used to. Yeah, Like that makes it, I mean, what other companies have those kinds of regulations where you can't, and I mean, I don't know all the laws. I mean, maybe they can sell hats and stuff, but I, I doubt they're able to sell merchandise or at least offer merchandise as like rewards and things like they used to. So that means that that, that was a, a time in history that can never be repeated. And that makes it unique and valuable. And, and again, you got to be careful because some of the things it's like there were th- tens of thousands of these hats made. None of them are worth anything. But it's, and some it's of trendy. Them are, right? It's trendy. Like yeah. I see people on TikTok, the youngsters wearing this, like they don't smoke, but it's yeah. like cool to have a marble jacket or something. Yeah. I mean, and even like things that you saw on TV, right? Like you watch old nineties TV shows and yeah, you see people, you know, one, smoking more, and two, they might have these things, these hats, these bags, whatever. And so you can almost go back. It's almost like retro McDonald's. Even stores, Donald you know? Duck was smoking back in the day. Oh, yeah, man. Goofy, all those. And that's the thing. I'd honestly rather my son watch uh, some of those older TV shows where cartoons were smoking than some of the newer cartoons. <laughs> can we quote you on that one? No, absolutely. Like, I no, watched, no, I, I, I agree. I, I watch some of the newer cartoons that don't have smoking. But they've got things in there that I'm like, I would never want my son to watch this stuff, right? Like it's there's, there, I feel like it's way more damaging, you know. It's so we're not that kind of podcast, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, but it's just funny the stuff. Like, anyway, I don't want to get into it, but you know, if you were watch those Disney cartoons, outside of the the cultural and all that, you know, Disney now has disclaimers on all those stuff. But some of the stuff that like people like those cartoon characters go through, it's like insane. Like no. it's crazy. All right. Hey, wow. We went on a rabbit trail there. All right. What do what you, hey, let me talk about what I'm looking forward to. So I think I'm going to go sourcing garage sales a few more times. I just, I want to get more inventory. I think right now it's been good. Like I've had consistent weeks of just solid pickups. And so I want to make sure that I'm sourcing enough so I don't have to source as much in October and November and December. Uh, and then uh, I'm actually going to start actually tomorrow. Uh, after this podcast drops, actually, no, when this podcast drops, I'm going to be on the road already sourcing uh, for Amazon. So I have a concert I'm going to with my son and the joy of my son when he hears that we're going to be sourcing all the way up to the concert. 
but it's okay because it's on the way. That's right. So. Yeah, same for me. I'm I'm looking forward to garage sales. Um, I'm hoping to hit them up this weekend. I've got a, a really couple of busy weeks coming up. I've got some school events going on, some other events I'm going to. So it makes it challenging because I'm already giving up so much family time for those things, those those other commitments I have to do. Um, but I'd love to get to some garage sales just to just to poke around. You know, it's a it's a it's an exciting thing to do. So that's a that's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, a YouTube video to follow. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and. Uh... I got to tell you, I, I do think the garage sale season is going to go even a little bit longer than usual just because people weren't able to get all their stuff out. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make room for uh, for Christmas. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So anyways, hopefully everything we talked about today was uh, helpful to you or at least entertained or maybe both. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Thanks. Peace. <laughs>